to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. So, welcoming you today on November 13th, Five Blossom Radio, and this is Denise Richard introducing you to Love and Impasse. It was a book I wrote um, almost a decade ago, and uh, it looks at seven challenging transitions. Uh, today is a, an exciting day because when you write a book, um, it puts you through a huge process. It's a very exciting process, and that was the first I'd ever undertaken anything that uh, deep and and prof- and deep in a personal sense, as well as deep in sharing something to a group or to those interested in the work, uh, a way of support. So in writing the book, going through the process of delivering the book, allowing people to have their personal experience with the book, and then bringing myself a decade later to look at it and see where it fits in a bigger picture, that's a very, it's a very exciting time. Now, it was a first writing, so some of the questions about how things are written and why things were written that way. It was just all intuitive, really. It just came to me naturally. What I'd like to do today with all this information is um, share from maybe a more general perspective as to how the book um, can serve. Now, I talk about seven different transitions, and that's always exciting for people to, those interested to go, you know, how can she detail that? And Today I'm going to be very sensitive about that because I can't just give a little bit of information. It won't be very fair to me or to anybody. You can't just do that. In in my opinion, you want to be able to take the time to explain things well. So it'll be very general. Uh, The way of approach is going to be pretty general about how I, I worked on that level. To start off, though, I'm going to take a step back because last week I opened the door to a model for uh, explaining spirituality, a way of relating to spirituality that was important to me. And uh, I spoke on the last podcast of um, the four voices, and I started that podcast with uh, an image, and it was a very basic little image of a window with four little glass panes. And in that talk about the four voices, I highlighted uh, a personal understanding of how the voices are within. It's a way of of, uh, personal engagement. And I talked about the importance of that in our growth a little bit. So today, it mirrors that work as it takes that work a little bit, just one step further, because the voices are distinct in heart, and they, they're they there to help uh, in community care too. They, re- they interrelate to create a, a creative collective, a way of holding, and it's, it's all inclusive. And it was a reference to the end, at the end of the talk that I, I brought the image of a, of a circle, and I spoke a little bit about my book and the relationship to that, but I didn't really have time to make it detailed enough for you to perhaps understand where I was going. And so today I take that image of the four panes and the relationship between the the four panes and that would be more of a circular model and love and impasse, the seven um, stages that I spoke to are part of the processes that we go through. And they're not linear. They're anything that will, uh, and they're often mis- because they're simple for the most part. Some of them are a little bit more profound, but they're not often commonly spoken to. So what I'd like to do is support you with a plain view of reality and offer that for you that this be the big model. We're not going to refer to last week's model, but if you wanted to include that, it might help. I'll go back to that podcast. So today I'm going to look at the process is what I'm saying. I'm going to take a step back and for a moment recall that a decade ago when I took some really needed time out and went through a process of writing, uh, and, and I mentioned those who know 
the pain and the pleasure of that process, especially if your first time, it takes it takes everything. It, it it really demands a lot, and learning how to put into words, uh, learning how to express uh, a big experience, uh, more for the intense pleasure and the sharing. Uh, I now understand how. Um, how it, it touches me now to look back and recognize the importance of where uh, scholars come in. Uh, I'm I'm, sim- I'm a simple writer, and at the same time, I I I take a lot of um, pleasure into understanding the importance of scholarly activity, and that's something that. I guess my generation perhaps has a little bit more involvement in, but as as we go through a relationship with media and we fast forward so quickly, reading even a simple email can be a challenge. So when you come to book writing and book reading, uh, I really appreciate uh, that that pleasure and that craft is is with us. So on this journey a decade ago when I wrote the book, I delivered Love and Impasse as a, a personal experience. It described um, stages or seven challenging passages, as I said, that can promote health. And I placed in my heart uh, the process and compiled my insights and my stories and all the teachings that I had received that would relate to that, that would help bring a little bit of clarity to the challenges I was facing so this it reflected the, the experience, and um, it really was about how do we relate to transitions, and it's often talked about, and it's personal. So I believe there can be many views, and some of them very similar. So here I'm going to speak about transitions, really, and I would like to have uh, or support the understanding Uh, and the experiences to match, because that's how it works. To speak of something experientially means that you have have a truth, you have a a view, um, and it's genuine. Or it may be common to others too, but it's genuine to you. So transitions are very delicate. And when things are changing and we don't have the usual footing, it becomes an adventure. So for some people, the adventure is a pleasure, but for a lot of people, when we're used to a very, um, let's say, routine life and this adventure gets to be a little too big, it can be very daunting and painful. So when it comes to spirituality and this kind of adventure, there's not a lot of resource. And that was one of the reasons I wanted the book to be brought out was to offer um, maybe some insight if that was if that helped. So, in, in, this, in this process, I had lost uh, my common world, is what I had. I'd lost everything in a certain way through an experience of care. When people gather to help one another and provide a way of care, that, that becomes indispens- indispensable. If you've been in a, a, a relationship with a group of caregivers, it's a very profound experience to have that and to lose that. So the value was beyond my mind's comprehension, uh, the value, and and it was also beyond me to lose that uh, relationship. And it touched the fabric of, of, of a deep, deep need for uh, a way of care. So as a counselor, meeting the needs of communities and individuals uh, the most sensitive of processes is listening and touching that care envelope. This was a loss. What I had lost um, was unusual. And I'm going to speak less to the personal experience and more to the common experience of that. So to remedy that, it's often you know, supported that we get creative, we get contemplative, and we get resourceful. And in taking care to evaluate and properly allow for the change that I was going through, um, I had to choose a way of viewing it. And I didn't have, that's the first thing that goes, is I have no idea how this came to be. And viewing it um, was perhaps the most challenging thing. I had studied enough to see that there are different models for spiritual growth. 
and many of them followed uh, certain faiths. I'd also found that there were ancient models, um, you know, basic uh, models that provided resources, and that, but it was experiential. So because I came from a background in training that provided experiential training, and I could see that if I stayed with the process of observation and the process of care that I was already given, I could probably work through the changes that were forward coming forward. So from there, um, I had um, I had decided to choose a way of, of looking at the book. And that came through a very simple model. It didn't have a lot of detail to it, but it did provide enough detail that it gave me a landmark. And from there, I observed and I thought, oh, but I see this much bigger than that. I see it this way and I see it that way. So I'm not going to talk specifically to where the roots came from because I don't think it would be fair. But what is fair is to say that we are inspired by other people's work and by the work of the past and by those who cared for us in the past. And that was really appreciated. So I, I inquired and said, are you okay with me, you know, looking at this and developing my own grounding with this? And it was supported. So it was, it was all very good. So when I did that, then I thought, well, now I don't know where I'm going at all because I'm out of the box. If, if somebody's giving you a model and you take it into your own experiential process, then you're going to have to speak on a level that you may not be able to get a lot of support. In that, where I did find support was through um, a mentorship group and through um, an editor who uh, was very, very important to me. Uh, Both had spiritual models behind them that supported it. So the stories that I wrote um, aren't personal. Uh, They reflect the culture and the limitations of our collective is what they do. And writing the book uh, was... My recognition, let's say, uh, of the need. So the stories, as I just mentioned, uh, were reflecting a need for help and support when you're facing the edge of, of cultural care. I consider the edge as that place where there's an abyss, and that abyss is present, but not in a way that it's like there's a sense of nothing. In other words, you don't have any relationship to uh, guide you or anything to uh, anchor you on that abyss. And nothing's available to suit your heart's needs. So the edge often engenders a plea, a way of of crying out, a way of of reaction uh, to the soulless feeling that there's nobody or nothing that can hold me uh, through that experience. So when the presence is there, you know it. When people come in who can offer you that, that care, and it, it, there's, it's just a simple presence, but I did have a little bit of that through the book writing because I, I made a request for that. And I recognize that when that's real, when the presence of a caregiving person is real, there's a, there's a sense of... Um, that soul is present, and we feel we, we feel a receptivity, but not only internally, but in externally. So we feel heard, uh, we feel an inclusivity, and uh, we feel we belong. It's like it's like it's okay to be here. So when this presence isn't there, when it's like soul isn't present, uh, the experience is something quite the opposite. And this is what I was experiencing in my world: is that something had gone. So um, I'm going to take a moment, just a moment here, and I'm just going to look and talk a little bit about how the work is going to take us through that process. And on the midpoint at half past, I'm going to take a little break and we'll talk a little bit more about the book and the details of the book. So I'm going to start with some stories here. Uh, and talk a little bit how when you get to that edge and you have that sense that there's a sense of denial, that something, that there's a lack of heart or a denial to you of human needs, 
uh, a denial for care and consideration. So the story I'm going to talk about is that I'm, I'm going to share a story that reflects the edge here, where we know we have to look a little deeper. And we have uh, the story I'm going to give is to show reflects the edge, I said. And uh, imagine you're stargazing and sitting very lightly watching upon the stars and observing those stars and knowing that you will never be able to understand the vastness or the complexity of what gives, what creates that. I was given uh, throughout my training years many gifts and the tools to support care, uh, the care uh, of those looking uh, and seeking. And it was through, initially, it was through shamanic counsel. And it was standard in my toolkit to give counsel and insights that, you know, the, as you give counsel, insights come and go. And in this story, I'm actually at a process of learning or understanding the power of counsel and the privilege of counsel. And I'm having, I'm having an awakening, and it relates to love and impasse because I was so filled with awareness at that moment and, va- and the vastness of what we have to experience as human beings that when I got to that abyss, I recognized that I had been there before in various ways, but this time I was being asked to um, sit down. Take it real easy, because it w- there's a sense of danger on, at this edge. My world was moving too fast and changing too fast before me. And it would be very, very important uh, for anybody who cares about others and for the relationships that we have, that if we're awakening to a need, uh, that if we're using tools to bring ourselves to a place of healing or wellness or protection or then we have to understand the tools are simply the tools yes they come with instructions they bring you to the edge if it was just about tools then life would be just an object but life isn't an object it actually is a way it's a process so when i faced life dissolving and I had the job of removing the expectations that were before me, it became very valuable to have the tools, and it also became really valuable to have um, a sense of something to work with, and that's where the book came through. It's not unusual for people to speak to that. So in, in this experience, though, I'm sitting quietly And I'm perplexed because I know intuitively that I'm not able to manage the view as a spiritual care provider. Now, this has come to me a few times, where in spiritual matters, when you get to the edge, it's way too big. So I've had that experience before, and I recognize that it was an experience that's fleeting. Sometimes it's strong, sometimes it's not. But when it's very strong... Then it then it demands more quietness and more respect because it's, it's some people would say, well, you know, consciousness is upon us or God is upon us or there's a relationship that's bigger than us that is talking or speaking and it's time to sit. So I had to learn to change things to suit my values, to end practices that didn't conform to the needs of our culture and for those who we serve. So I've had that a few times where I go and I go, okay, this is not actually serving anymore. And it may be uh, that it's culturally changing or it may be that my values are clear and that I I don't hold those, the values in the same way. So we get clear on what we are and who we are as we grow. So I also chose at that time to make a plea and uh, for proper training. And that has happened a few times where I've come to recognize that I my values are very clear and high. And 
I don't feel like I'm qualified to do what I need to do. And it's not that I'm not qualified by certain standards that are given generally to the public. It's that the experiences are unique and we need to seek out either mentorship or we need to look towards um, uh, support and respect uh, for what we're going to be giving others. So there's, I don't believe that in spiritual matters that we want to play with the power, spiritual power played with is, is very dangerous. So you want to be honest. And these were, the, these were the, the prompts that were telling me, okay, this is really, really, really big because I couldn't move through this change. So as we cycle through the groundwork of what we've learned and see how culture moves forward with a blend, that can change and grow, we resolve through the need for education. And that's what I was going for. Okay, I'm going to teach myself or I'm going to learn through the process. And uh, the need for support is continual, and I was accepting that and crucial for the caregiver. So transitions make up most of our process, and the need actually, in my opinion, is never usual. That's That's the beauty of it. We can... Try and put it into a form. So I recognize now that the book was me trying to create a grounding for an experience and helping myself with maintaining an open heart through the process. So coming back to my story of this edge, the request for proper training sets set me on a life path uh, with a lot to learn and help teach how to hold grounding and heart and respect during change with practice helps meeting the change and learning to be kind and meeting life. Uh, it's good for the soul. It's really good. It's good work to do. And it teaches, um, it teaches on many levels that uh, when life delivers very powerful moments, um, like what I went through, uh, maybe love and impasse could be uh, one of those tools that you might want to use. So this transition uh, was the process of accepting that I wasn't aligned uh, and of how the people I worked with were taken and harmed. And that's not something that we commonly come to. I was held away so that I couldn't support or offer refuge. And the transition pained me so deeply, I was really hurt. And the reflection of that in my physical body was very obvious to me. I'm very... T- I'm very very well practiced in staying well physically, very trained in it, and it was very reflected in my physical body that things were not well around me. So this was sensitive material, and when it's not good, when it it wasn't didn't feel good to speak. So I really took it that when the timing isn't correct, it's really a good lesson to shut up. And I decided to learn how to hold And I picked up my pencil and started making notes. And my question was, what if the pain I'm feeling was not mine? I faced and realized misalignment and something out of control. And I didn't, couldn't see the threads of what I had done because I'm very conscious. And if I had, then I would sit down and say, okay, you really messed up. But I didn't see that. So it's like you hear people talk about, well, I didn't get it, and I wasn't getting it, but I knew that it was touching thousands of people. So big transitions sometimes are really tough. So being smacked in the middle of a storm, I felt like like I was in this little boat without a rudder, and it wasn't funny. And one option as on any big adventure, was to weather the experience and place value on that which was important. And I valued my family, I valued my health, I valued care, and I valued respect. And altogether, this meant to me that I would place my sight on an outcome that wasn't usual again. Since I didn't have an experience to match it, holding on to a way of care, kindness, and helping others, I was going to stretch the envelope. That's the best I could think of instead of feeling like I was going to go down with that huge pain. So I enjoyed the writing and the new community I created. And I enjoyed remembering stories and teachings. And they held me in comfort. And the process uh, 
was very profound. So here I'm coming full circle now, include the work, because it relates to um, the foundation that I set with the four voices uh, in my last podcast, that if we care about the way we the way that we come into this world and enjoy the relationships that enrich our life, we can take the time to know that there might be a full cycle and therefore we touch into the way of old. In other words, we're, we're not inventing anything here. We have ancestors that have been through a lot. So we're going to take a break here and I'm going to come back and touch in on a little bit more of the details. In the, But I want to talk about before we go, for those who care, um, this is uh, it's the challenging aspect of this work uh, is that transitions really demand that you learn about yourself and about being creative. Given the current situations with commodities and climate care and health management concerns, in this time of transition, is possibly best to work with this kind of book. I can see that. For those interested in Love and Impasse, you can visit Amazon.ca or .com. So that's Love and Impasse, Denise Richard. And you can pick up the book and look at the details of that. It could could help you a lot. Um, Those interested in support in spiritual care, I'm offering also through lightofcompassion.ca, Genuine Care, counsel and heart centers uh, really heart-centered approach to looking at transitions but lastly those interested in uh, maybe looking at a little bit of grounding and a way of observing uh, I have an earth stewardship webinar that's um, that can be fun to look and play with um, brings about blooms it's all about blooms so we're gonna take a moment here and I'll be back and we can talk some more your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting FiveBlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit FiveBlossomGatherings.com today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5blossomgatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. And welcoming you back, we're talking about Love and Impasse. It's a book written uh, about a decade ago, and it talks about challenging transitions. And I document in the book, um, I take note of seven that I've paid attention to. The transitions uh, are, well, well, I think they're fairly decently marked out, but the challenge I face today is that I can't, I don't have the time and I can't give proper uh, grounding to each of the transitions so that our viewers, our listeners, sorry, can um, can understand them properly. And so for that reason, I'm going to be very general about things. If you're looking or you're in a transition, uh, transitions ask us to do 
to do certain things. They ask us, they help us grow in awareness and remind us that change is happening and that uh, like learning any new skill, uh, we feel awkward and often unprepared. So we're demanding uh, ourselves into a, a creating more presence really to to fit the to, to fit the situation and often we're actively having to look within and moves moves us to that selfie place and uh, we have to touch the selfie button and uh, in a in a more profound way and asks that uh, we put some sensitive questions to who we are and what we stand for and that to me is priceless. If we do that well, then we create something, you know, groundbreaking for ourselves. And often we might be able to even help others through the wisdom of what we've learned. Sensitive transitions uh, are usually those that we don't want to talk about, <laughs> that are so dear to us that they touch the innocence inside. And they involve what's most important to us, like usually they talk where we touch on um, relationships, what we love, who we love, and they um, they ask us uh, to approach that. And the power of it is often beyond us, or it it it, it rocks us as any good relationship can uh, when it's out of kilter or in any way that it's out of harmony. Uh, it takes a lot of sensitivity to put it back into place. Because of the immensity of, of change that's going on in the world, uh, many people feel the transitions that we're going through are, um, are beyond us. And a lot, there's a lot of fear. What I did with Love and Impasse, um, and that feels true today, was to accept human behavior, my human behavior, and that um, it's human to feel hurt and to feel scared when we see the world dissolving. And it's human kindness that helps us pull it through. So learning to remain caring when there's no experience to tell you that anything good can come from the situation, that's a big job. But caring is the key. So good people grow with good values, expecting the world to comply. And that's a very standard approach. You grow up and you're given decent values and you're taught to hold those values so that your world can flow in a certain order. And facing this challenge we have today, when we're holding those rosy eyes and or those rosy glasses and uh, expectation are hard, it's hard, hard to swallow and going beyond what we hope for and going beyond what we can do in the present time. Facing the bigger challenges uh, when knowing that it's not a personal issue pushes us and prepares us for the grit. And that's what love and impasse was for me. Because I didn't see it as a personal issue. So the book asks a lot, and that's why I put it on such a general and a big scale. Mostly it, um, it puts us, as I just mentioned, to the edge. And it touches uh, the complexity of the internal dialogue. And I call the, the, you know, in the Four Voices podcast. To recognize that the voices that we hear in our community, whether it be the voices of mother and father, whether it be the voices of leadership that guide us through, or any care voice, any voice of care, any voice of reason, any voice of, it creates a voice of union or the voice of counsel. These voices from all around and from within are what bring us to be able to face any transition. And that's why I took the time to really look at how do we, how can we look within when we don't have experience? If you have no experience, what can you do with looking at things in that way? Engaging and working with people can be really great. 
and it can inspire a way of work that helps to rally when facing limitations, creating new results out of old patterns that die hard. So most of us have these really foundational ways, really you know strong patterns, and learning how to move beyond those patterns has tremendous value. Those who have to go it alone, as I did, uh, when values don't line up, on the one hand, you have a sense of who you are, and on the other hand, the present moment circumstances that don't jive, together these can cause great damage. And I feel that that's a lot of what we're facing. With this, we can't manifest a desired result. And it's usual. It's, it's a common experience. Love and Impasse was inspired by that kind of experience, asking for kindness, asking for a lot of complenta- a contemplation and humility. When you can't move forward and you can't go backwards, the way is to sit and wait. This is the impasse. There's no bridge for the moment. So when, you, when I dropped in at that level, I started going back in time and watching how, how powerful it is to consider that this starts from the moment we put our feet on the ground. This process is not just for adults. It's for children. It's for teenagers. It's for everybody. So I described how simple it is to get the picture. If you feel the edge of the abyss, it's true. So sitting down is form of the first step and paying attention to everything from daily routines to encounters, anything that engages your awareness. So if I talked of passages, it was simply because I was aware that our growth has standard processes and that experience we go through when consciousness shifts, though it's not new, what was new was to have the experience of changing my heart and mind when all was gone. So for those who are curious about the passages, take a look at the book and find, and you'll find that it's quite standard now, but there are places that some people never go. And I couldn't inspire a better truth why some people have wild safaris when others find Starbucks just as exciting. So who knows why a simple experience is powerful. Uh, What I did enjoy about the book was looking into one area, the area of youth, and noting how brilliant kids are at surmising and putting, putting it straight. I remember asking a good friend, and this was a very big moment, uh, about uh, his personal thoughts and beginnings in spirituality. And when I asked him, he actually said it was extremely profound for him that his process was clearly marked because he came from a very strong family and they had a lot of experience uh, in, uh, in faith. And he was really, really a strong thinker and a strong advocate for this is what I feel. And it made me realize how, how beautiful we are when we're five years old and, of course, we're Superman or I'm Wonder Woman. And why can't it be that we're God too? And the, the fullness of the experience of being in those moments has to dissolve. No, he wasn't allowed. And it was clearly, clearly indicated that, no, you're not God. So we have to go through these moments in our in our development in the, you know, with the mind and with the heart and in, in alignment thinking we're absolutely certain and then we realize that no we're not certain at all and that experience I've seen many times through my years of training and teaching where if you deliver and I spoke to this in my last podcast on the four voices when you bring forth somebody who has strong spiritual values strong grounding big heart huge humility it really touches the fabric of community and the experience of that you can see those 
who, in alignment, find themselves distressed by that. So here this little boy was completely distressed by the elders who were saying, sorry, you're not allowed to be Superman. You're not allowed to be God. And so this conflict was deep. And I see that throughout, you know, through much of what we teach and through much of what we go to or go towards in order to be able to hold our spiritual grounding. So the, the book t- starts on that, on that foot and talks about seeds and how we grow in inspiration and, and the impulse and goes all the way through up to that basic understanding of what I learned in school is this, how I learned to learn is this, and therefore this is how I formed my way of relating to spirituality. And often we sit there comfortably because we live within the parameters of what's comfortable and what's normal. Then there are those who need to, you know, move the envelope a little bit bigger, and those passages are daring. And if those who care, really care, hold to those passages, then those bigger passages where it might be a little darker or those big passages where you might have to feel or experience death literally or in spiritual, you know, dissolution of your expectations or your relationships, all of that is so gentle if you're taking it at heart. And it creates an inclusivity. And that's what the book is talking about, is that you have a place in this world, no matter who you are, if you open your heart. And that, yes, there are faiths, and yes, there are people who cannot and do not follow those particular ways, but opening the heart includes us and holds us in an envelope of care. And that is why I thought this was not a bad writing, and I kept it, and I thought, I'll continue with that. So that was the crux of the, let's say, the the writing of the book. So I'm going to step back a moment and reflect that what I just gave you was the inspiration of what I did with the book. I started with the big why and what most of us go through as children, as, you know, tiny little beings growing into a big world. And the different experiences that I witnessed through the counsel that I gave and the experiences I had outside of that that I couldn't speak to. I appreciate that the book isn't always, you know, available in the sense where it doesn't always write wrongs, but it does teach that in each of the stages I can attest that opening the heart, being kind and holding alignment with what you value in heart and for not harming people is really, you know, the highest value, then there is a realignment. And sometimes the world will never change the way you wanted it to change. I'm not saying that that will move, but your relationship to that will change. And that is power. So if we have a huge crisis going on and we learn to relate to the experience we're having with care as opposed to just firing off and reacting, then we have a potential of creating a bigger envelope for everybody to be held in so that we can reach the uh, just a way of being uh, a human a, a human collective that is relating to each other. And I, I firmly believe in that. I see that it's already existing in certain ways where if we observe the way that each faith or each um, grounding or even the speaking to indigenous culture and how we come back to respect, humility, and heart. And everybody speaks to, yes, that's foundational. So if the work isn't available then we suffer more. In other words, if we don't have the process or the opportunity to care, we suffer more. And that's what we're so scared of. The transition that is most important is where you learn to relate to hardship and you learn to relate to the pain. If the way is too hard, 
then the pain will be so overwhelming. And that's where the darker passages uh, begin to play their part in helping us sift through the wreckage. So the more pain, the more we have to dissolve what we can't manage before letting it go. And that is a little bit delicate because I don't think that that's uh, where we want to highlight our lives. But it's a, it's a necessary touch-in. Too many times we have no obvious reason for the current situation and it makes us think that we've done something. So we look, the first thing we'll look to do is, you know, who, who did that or what caused that? Because we want to, you know, look at the principles, the reason, and build a relationship to that. But sometimes we don't see anything. And that's really, really painful. When truly we've encountered demanding circumstances to which there is no obvious reason, sometimes life is just a series of circumstances that we can't make sense of. And this passage I went through was like that. And if the effects are very hard, we experience somatic issues that will cause more concern. And that's where it gets really challenging. Hopefully we learn to remove these through clean and clear practice. In other words, even just being kind can be very, very helpful. Choosing to be kind. So if you're interested in this type of work, uh, Five Blossom Gatherings has private counsel and group classes to support physical concerns. So I'm mentioning that. If we listen to the voices that guide us and examine how these perform in the world, we link with others and much of the process is about relationship, in my opinion. If the world is interesting, then the work is interesting. What I enjoyed about examining this was the relationship to our natural world and the power of transformation. So learning to relinquish the pain and suffering isn't an easy thing. And we can learn to remove some of it through standard means, but this kind of transition will usually ask that you think outside of yourself and make a shift of consciousness to have a way of care that you're probably not familiar with to that degree. So if you're not familiar with it, then it asks for a certain measure of education perhaps. And sometimes it's just somebody to help guide you through it a little bit. But it's absolutely, in my opinion, crucial for big transitions to have all that. So coming back, um, in the book, I look at how claiming heart is much like the Grinch's process. I thought about this, and you know, I hear we're coming up to that time of year where the that that classic you know tale comes back to us, and I I I think about that little boy uh, who was you know in 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 a very profound conflict because he wasn't allowed to be God. And I asked myself, um, that's where it really starts for us because that conflict is going to be with us always. We can't be the one um, changing the world, but we can be the one relating uh, in kindness so that together we can hold a better care for the world. Um, the heart of the Grinch was too small for the process. And to grow in heart, he had to build a new bridge. That, uh, and that bridge is capable of sending out thousands of messages. This view of the seven, of the seven transitions, uh, the news is that there actually is no pain. When I got through the book, I recognized that it was my relationship to the process that needed to happen. And I was not 
um, I was fine inside. I couldn't change what had happened. And it was a painful experience. But as I had learned through the process to let it go and to see that I was being asked to grow up in a certain way, and it's, it's, it's humbling, yes, I also was able to accept that those who had led me at certain points were not able to rectify or do for me what I would have wanted because it wasn't either their timing, their value, or whatever. It's like it's easy to point the finger. And I was really humbled and, and appreciative of the experience to say, well, I can just let that go then and keep going in life. And the kinder I was, the more things rectified, and the easier I was on myself, the gentler the world became around me. So it's really a really powerful, powerful, joyful experience in the end. It's a transient experience. It's madly go where you have never gone before. So you see through the Grinch that um, with his big sleigh, expecting one thing and receiving another, uh, he had to change the whole storyline and change as life asks us. So if this work interests you, again, I invite you to amazon.co.com. Take a look, Love and Impasse by Denise Richard. I'm going to talk a little bit about some other invi- another invitation. I um, One of the things that was profound through the writing of the book was not having um, the regular grounding. I had to f- really grow a little bit more in my grounding. And I recognized that the, one of the tools I'd been given was uh, a way of relating to the earth in a very sensitive practice called the flying crane. Uh, it, it's a very delicate little work, but it, it really teaches you a way of working with energetics inside, but you don't manipulate anything. You just allow for the natural engagement to happen, and it helps you engage with the earth, and it helps you create an envelope of care. So I'm inviting those interested in the flying crane. Uh, I do, I'm giving a, a little freebie uh, next month, uh, and you can look at event, eventbrite.ca, Flying Crane, Denise Richard, or Five Blossom Gatherings, and uh, join us for that. It could be a lot of fun for you. Also, uh, Five Blossom Gatherings is offering the Stewardship Webinar, and that's a, a series of classes that teaches a way of observing the way of earth, the way of uh, reflecting. And I brought forth a teaching from an elder that taught me about blossoms and the unique quality of blossoms and how they can elevate consciousness. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful way to find relief from a negativity or terror or fears or concerns that we will have around the future. So we're doing that on um, coming up soon. And if you want to register for that pronto, uh, please do. And that's fiveblossomgatherings.com. So this has been a pleasure to share with my listeners about Love and Impasse, the impact that it's had on me and the impact that it's had on others has been positive. And I hope that uh, you enjoy it too, if you choose to look at that. Uh, I'm Denise Richard. Thank you for listening to Five Blossom Radio. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.